Welcome to Jim Galliano's Building a Better Web Presence podcast. Build something better with less moving parts, less overhead, and less headaches. Hey, everyone. This is Jim Galliano. Thanks for joining me for today's podcast episode. Before we continue, I'd just like to say happy Thanksgiving to all of you out there who celebrate the holiday this week. This Thanksgiving, we decided to pass on the turkey, which, to be honest, we weren't very happy with last year, and go with a seafood-focused Thanksgiving theme this year. It kind of fits, too, living here in Florida. We just think that it's faster, easier, and I have to say that I am looking forward to it. Today's episode is brought to you by the Digital Strategist Newsletter, which is available right now at jimsnewsletter.com. This is my free monthly newsletter. I think you'll really enjoy it, so if you haven't signed up for it yet, Go ahead and do that at jimsnewsletter.com, and you can check out all the back issues there as well. And this episode is also brought to you by OneToManySystem.com, and this is the marketing strategy and system that allows you to scale your business without needing a team of people or full-time employees to manage the moving parts. I'll be releasing a new coaching program based on this system in the not-too-distant future, so go ahead and check that out at OneToManySystem.com. The other day, I was listening to a fascinating interview by a Vietnam veteran who was in the army, and he was describing what it was like there to fight in that war and the dangers and the things they had never seen before and never experienced. And he was talking about some of his earlier days in combat. And there was this one situation where he and a regiment of men were stationed at the top of this hill, higher ground. And they were surrounded by Viet Cong, the enemy, and the enemy would try to ascend this hill. And they had different types of artillery, you know, rifles, machine guns, so forth. Probably about a thousand men that were in this lower ground position trying to take the hill. And about four guys with machine guns basically held off a thousand men. And he went on to describe the fact that it's very difficult in warfare to take higher ground. Higher ground, of course, you had the advantage. You can see uh, further. You can get a, a better grip of your landscape. You can plan. I mean, just think about higher ground, how generals plan when they look at the topography of the map and which uh, areas they're going to uh, cut in from and where supply lines are and all of that. So he was just talking about the fact that he never even understood the concept until he was in battle himself. And they were waiting for air support to come and clear the ground for them. But in the meantime, they had to defend this hill. And he was just saying that he was amazed because he he saw it in action. It's so much easier to defend a position when you have higher ground than it is to take the higher ground from a lower position. And the Viet Cong lost hundreds of men during that battle. And as he was talking about this, he made an analogy connecting that experience to life. And he was saying that it's much easier once you reach higher ground in your life to defend that position, because it's, again, it's easier to defend that position than it is to take that position to start with. And I was thinking about how that analogy also carried over to business. Once you're established, once you have X number of clients, once you have X number of products out there, it's much easier to weather things like uh, downturns in the economy or just events that are unforeseen that will affect your business. You can defend that position much easier 
than the energy that it took to get to that position to begin with. And I know there's a lot of solopreneurs and freelancers out there and they're struggling. Maybe you're one of them. And I just have to say this. I don't know a single person who is a business owner who hasn't struggled multiple times in their business journey, in their life journey. And I have to say that applies to myself as well. Now, I've been doing this for 22 or 23 years, whatever it's been now, since 1998. I guess it's almost 25 years. And I have to say that I've had my fair share of challenges along the way. I've had times where I was trying to take the higher ground position with my own business, and it was just hard to fight through those obstacles. But I can say that once you get there, and getting there isn't like you have it made, and you don't have to put in any effort from that time forward, but it's just much easier to defend what you already have than it is to gain what you don't have. And so maybe you're looking at the new year right now, 2023, and all you can see is what you don't have. And so you realize, you recognize you're going to have to put some kind of energy out there to acquire those things, to get to that place, to get to that position. Now, the good news is, is that it really is possible. And I know some people don't agree with this, but it really is possible to wear multiple hats and manage your time effectively as a single person business owner. It's not just another recipe for burnout or disillusionment. You can grow and scale your business without having to manage a team or full-time group of employees ongoing. Now, how you do this is going to depend on three things. And all of this comes down to your personal preferences, your current experience, and of course, your budget. Now, every single one of us, we've all taken at least one class or two. Maybe we have a uh, a doctorate from the school of hard knocks. For whatever reason, there are certain things we just have to learn the hard way. There are certain things that you're not doing that if you showed me what you were doing in your business and I pointed it out, it wouldn't be a shock to you. You already know it. But for some reason, you're just not getting over certain speed bumps or you're just not making the kind of progress that you're capable of making. And we could sit down and talk about those things all day long, and maybe we can even find the solutions to those problems. But you know that old saying about you can lead the horse to water, but you can't force it to drink? Well, I know what it's like to be that horse. I know what it's like to have right in front of me the right choice and for whatever reason, I just decide not to take it. And we're all there. Now, you may not be able to recall a specific instance right now off the cuff of where that happened. But I guarantee you that struggle and, and choices, everything comes down to that. Everything comes down. It's easier to think about doing something than it actually is to go ahead and do. It's easier to think about writing a long-form article <clears throat> for your blog than it is to actually make the time, sit down, and do it. And I've learned for myself that sometimes I just have to jump in while my mind is arguing with me that it would rather be doing something else rather than work. Now, solopreneurs in the big picture, freelancers, if you look at this group of individuals, and it doesn't really matter what the age of the person is, they really don't have what you might call this storied history of success because for years leading up until probably the last decade the average solopreneur fit into that classic definition of the over 
overworked, underpaid business owner. The person that had to do everything themselves because they couldn't afford to hire other people to get the job done. And so everything was done maybe at a 50 or 60% level if it got done at all. Nothing was really done with what you might say excellence. But the, te- the past decade has changed things. Now you can go online, and I know you can't believe every story that you hear. That's obvious. But the fact of the matter is there are more people who are making that transition from rags to riches. Now, for some people, riches may just be another $50,000 a year or $60,000 a year on top of what they already have. Some people don't need a lot. I mean, they don't have large families. Maybe it's just them or just them and one other person, and that person has an income also. And so, but it doesn't really take that much money to change your lifestyle. Now, it may take, and I don't really want to dig into the finances too much here, but I can just say this, that there are certain high-ticket items that once you buy them, you don't need to get another one for a while. So for example, if you're living in a tiny one-bedroom apartment or condo somewhere, and you really want to have a larger living area, and so you take the a leap of faith and Maybe you buy a house or you buy a larger condo or you go to a larger living space when suddenly prosperity begins to happen in your life and in your business. Things like that. It's not like you're going to buy a new house or a new car or something high ticket year after year after year. A lot of, most of the time, whenever you move to a new Location, you're going to stay there for a little bit. I'm not talking about people that travel from country to country. I'm talking about people that are more or less stationary, just trying to improve their life a little bit. But um, all right, let me get into this topic. So first of all, you have to come to grips with your personality type. Some of you are do-it-yourselfers, and that's a blessing, and that's a curse all wrapped up together. And you really have to learn how to manage yourself if you're a do-it-yourselfer. Because this can, again, this can work for you or against you at any given time. Now, if you don't have the budget to do something and you're a do-it-yourselfer, then you have a certain amount of energy that a lot of people don't have. In other words, you can learn something new. You can read books. You can hire coaches. You can take courses. And then you can come out the other side with a brand new skill set. That's the advantage of being a do-it-yourselfer. At other times, doing things yourself will cause you to lose momentum. Because if you think about it, if you look at the analogy of what fuel is to an engine, you only go into any given day with so much fuel in the tank. And depending on other things, like maybe external circumstances or other situations that maybe you don't have 100% control over or none at all, you may not go into any given day with a full tank of gas. And so you may go into a certain day just running on on fumes. I think everybody can relate to that at one time or another. But think about the times in the past where projects failed because when you get right down to it, you were trying to do too many things yourself and you just didn't have the energy to maintain the momentum that it takes to get things done. Isn't it true that you didn't have the time that you thought you'd have once you got into the project when you really think about why certain projects fail. And then you got to ask yourself, are you going to repeat this mistake next time over again and again and again? So this this brings us to the place where you recognize that sometimes you're the problem 
Uh, but what, what are you going to do about it? So one of the things I found is that for this past year, I find it easier just to think about things up to a point and then just jump in and start doing things. Now, in the past, I would want to do things in a certain order and with a certain process. But I found that with things that aren't, when there's something that's not getting done, sometimes that doesn't work as well as just jumping in. Sometimes in the middle of a project and starting with step three, getting it done, and then going back and doing steps one and two. Sometimes I find that's, maybe it's just my personality, but that's something that I have to do to get something completed that up until this point isn't getting done. Now, of course, the other option is the done for you option. And if you're not a do-it-yourselfer, then you're already familiar with and comfortable with the done for you approach. You already know that you need some help. You already know that it's going to take you an hour to do something that someone else can do in five or 10 minutes. So it's just a matter of what kind of budget that you have to work with. Now, during the early years of my business, I made several mistakes during the hiring process. So if you're going to hire somebody in 2023, don't make these mistakes. Number one, make sure you explain yourself clearly to the people that you're hiring. Because if you don't, you're not always going to be on the same page. You're going to get mixed results. My solution to not having that happen was to record videos to explain exactly what I wanted and show as many examples, at least two or three, of what I wanted and why I wanted it and what my expectations were. And then I would go ahead and I would upload the video as unlisted to YouTube so that the person I was hiring could watch it as well as refer back to it again and again if they needed to. And this simple approach solved 99% of all of the communication problems I'd previously been experiencing. I remember one of the times, and I don't know why, but sometimes you don't do what you know you should be doing and, and you follow through with it anyway. So for example, one time I hired a copywriter to write copy on this page. And rather than take the time and really think about what I wanted to say, why I wanted to say it, and explain that in text, in video, uh, during a, a phone conversation with the copywriter, I just decided, well, this person's really not that expensive. They have a good deal and they probably have experience. I was assuming a lot of things with the types of products and services I'm selling. I kind of came to that conclusion from some of the examples that I saw. So I'm just going to basically tell them the end result that I want and their experience enough. I'm going to leave it in their hands and see what they come up with. So when I got the finished product, I was reading through the copy and I thought to myself, well, this isn't exactly how I would say it. I wouldn't say it like this. And I can think of better ways to work certain things, but they're a copywriter and I'm not. And so let me just defer to their expertise. <coughs> Excuse me. And we'll see what happens. So I put the copy out there and believe it or not, it flopped. And so when it comes to certain things, again, you know what you want to say. You know how you want to say it. It's almost like the director of a movie. You hire, you can have the best actors, but if you don't communicate with them what you want to get from a certain scene, then just because the actor has experience, it doesn't mean that they're going to be able to play the part the way you want it played, the way you need it played to tell the story. And a lot of marketing works the same way. You can get the most experienced marketing people working for you, writing copy, crafting emails, doing all of this, and you still don't get the result. Do you know why? Because you have a certain voice 
And it's the thing that makes you unique. And it comes across in your communications, comes across in your relationships. It's your personality. And what happens is if your content doesn't match your personality, especially as a freelancer or a solopreneur, then when the other person, when the prospect reads that information or visits that website or goes to that landing page or listens to the audio, what happens is there's a disconnect there. And what I mean by disconnect is that that nice flowing type of situation, it, it's almost like, how can I put this? It's almost like the scratch on a record. It happens during the marketing process more often than most people realize. Where people are going along and they like what they're seeing, they like what they're reading, but then something happens and it kind of breaks that spell. And the person just pushes away and for maybe even reasons they don't completely understand, they decide to take a pass. Pass on the product, pass on the service, decide to go with another freelancer, and and the sale just doesn't happen. That's why it's so important for you to learn how to communicate. And video was the way that I could do it. Because just like now, you're hearing my voice. So I can explain something to you in a way and get it across to you in a way that is more difficult to do with just text alone, let's say. Quick story here. In the past, I had several friends that had radio shows locally, talk radio shows. And they would have me come on from time to time, and people would call in, and they would ask questions about digital marketing, publicity, PR, things like that. And so I remember, especially in the early days, when I knew I was going into the radio station, what I would do is I would come in with a pad full of notes. And on those notes were important things like years, certain things happened. In other words, the things that I was going to talk about, I made a whole bunch of bullet points so that in the heat of the moment... I could refer back to my notes if for some reason I got off script or my mind went blank or things like that happened. In other words, I went in prepared. It would be the same way as if I was going into, let's say, an important interview. That I wanted to make sure that I was prepared for that interview. And it's the same way when you interview someone. You really have to think about what type of questions should I be asking so that the person that's on the listening side of this interview down the road really gets as much as possible out of this conversation. And so when you go to hire someone, you have to have that same kind of mentality. You have to do the preparation so that when you meet with this person, you can communicate to them exactly what it is that you want. And this is what I encourage you to do if you think that you need help going into 2023. I want you to take about an hour of your time and prepare your communication piece. Write down exactly what it is that you want to say to this person because it is that important. I know that sometimes I'm just speaking from a a guy's position that when I was single and you want to go and talk to the pretty girl, the girl that you like, all of these emotions go through you. You want to sound cool, but you don't want to sound like it's forced. You want to be genuine, but you don't want to stumble over all of your words. And you're imagining how you're going to respond if she says or does certain things or if she looks away or you're and all of these things go in there. And then you actually go to talk to the person and and you're scared. At least I was as a young guy. I know most young guys are. You're not sure what to say, what not to say. And you really want it means a lot to you that the situation turns out right. But as you get a little bit older and you're used to talking to people, then you've learned that there are principles 
that apply to every interaction, but there's not really like a, a formula set in stone that you can take this and say, okay, this is going to work, this isn't going to work. There's just certain things. There's notes that you have in the back of your head because you have all these social interactions, right? There's these notes that are on the back burner of your mind. So again, you use these principles when it's time for you to connect with outsourcers, if you're going to hire someone temporarily, you want to make sure that you get the right person for the job. And it's in this communication, in this back and forth, you're going to realize whether or not this person is a good fit for you or not. Now, if the person is super busy and they don't want to take time for you to interact with you in a way that you understand that they understand, then maybe that's not the person for you. And I know sometimes people are disappointed they have their heart on hiring a certain individual or something like that. Maybe it's even somebody popular. And then when you actually get in that space, if you don't feel that, go with your gut. If you don't feel like this is the right person for you, then move on to someone else. Now, I'm thinking about what's happened in 2022. I'm looking forward to the new year just like everyone else. And one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm looking at some of the things that are time-consuming tasks. And I'm asking myself, are these things really giving the return on investment? I mean, it takes time to do certain things. Do I still need to be doing these things going into the new year? Now, in the early days of my business, just about everything was time-consuming because everything was new. And I had to learn how to organize things a certain way. But then, again, I realized that other things could be solved by removing myself from the process and putting some kind of technology in there instead. And so I love automation. I love using tech whenever possible, especially if you're pursuing a freelance solopreneur type of journey, then you want to do that. You want to focus on fewer things, not more things. You want to focus on quality instead of quantity. And that's pretty hard to do today because if you think about it, people will tell you that your business needs to be everywhere. You need to be on Facebook. You need to be on Twitter. You need to be on Instagram. You need to be on LinkedIn. You need to be on Pinterest. You need to be on TikTok. And the time that it's going to take for you to do all that is just, I mean, it's just, it's not realistic. Maybe you can do it for a while. Maybe you can even do it with a team. But I've been talking to people that have pursued that, people that have the money to hire people to do all of the things that's required to be on all of these platforms and to have all of their content repurposed for these specific platforms. And I'm asking them, have they seen a return on that investment? Maybe they've seen it in the past, but I don't care about the past. I care about right here, right now. And I'm asking them in the new year, is this worth pursuing? If someone asked you, if I asked you, is it worth doing it? Every single one of them to the person has told me that they have not seen a return on that kind of investment. Now, sure, you may be thinking, well, I'm going to do it differently. I'm going to do it like this. But let's just take a step back for a minute and look at this. You know, sometimes the information that tells you that this works is created by, written by, recorded by somebody who makes their living selling information. And, and that's kind of like, and believe me, I love the whole selling information concept. I think it's great. I sell information myself. I have products and courses myself. 
But when I step back and look at it, it's a whole lot easier to talk about something than it is to actually go ahead and do it. It's a whole lot easier just to write about something than it is to run that kind of a business. And so, yeah, I take a step back from it now and I actually ask the people who are doing it, the people that I know, the people that I know who are smart, who have experience. And that's not to say that there aren't outliers out there who are just ticking all the boxes and they're just crushing it. But for the average person, I would say that it doesn't work that way, or at least it's not working that way right now. So I would start by asking yourself, what activities actually make money? What really should I be focusing on in the new year, in 2023? Should I really be trying to be on all of these different platforms? Also, the messaging, the things that I used to talk about on these platforms, I know a lot of people say that they're just not getting the response out of their online social media communications as they were in the past. And interestingly enough, some people say when they talk about a personal problem or a personal challenge, they'll get more feedback than if they talk about whatever their group or whatever their page or whatever their business is about. So for instance, you may have someone that teaches webinar systems and how to grow your business with webinars, which by the way, I'm definitely pro-webinar. But then you, if you go to their actual Facebook page or a LinkedIn group, you can see that the conversation there seems to be minimal. And maybe everybody's just a fly on the wall. I don't know. I don't see the statistics. But when that, when that same person comes out and says something to the effect that, you know, they've had this challenge in their business, they have trouble keeping skilled employees, people move on faster than they used to, then all of a sudden a flood of people will come in and they'll engage in the conversation because there's, a, a, there's that empathy there. There's the thing that people are connecting to. And so if people aren't connecting to what you're saying, then what are you going to do about it? Well, you have basically two choices. Maybe either say it to a different group of people. Yeah, Think about this, and I've talked about this before. You go through school, you go through different grades, you go through high school, you go through college. But imagine going back with that same group of people and going over the same things over and over and over again. Of course, people aren't going to have the same excitement. I mean, you've been talking to the same group of people about email marketing, or you've been talking to the same group of people about Facebook marketing, or building websites, or doing anything else. They're all talked out on that topic. That's the reason why people advance from one grade to the next. That's the reason why there's a new incoming class of people who haven't been exposed to that information the way you present it yet. That's why you need fresh blood. So maybe as you're thinking about what is ahead in 2023 for your business, maybe you should start considering the fact that, and, and there's nothing wrong with what you've done, everything may be great, but it may be time to move on to a different group of people who could benefit more from what you have to offer than the current group that you're serving. It's not that you abandon that group, but the person that comes into a group and they know nothing about Let's say reading. A child learn, has to learn how to read for the first time. Let's, let's look at this as an example that we can all relate to. A child has to learn their ABCs. A child has to learn how to <clears throat> read and write. But after they're in high school, do they need the same basic information about learning how to read and write all over again? No, no, they've moved on from that. And I think a lot of us 
you know, we've been on social media and we've had these groups for five years, 10 years. That's enough time information-wise to go through an entire school education experience. A lot of these people are ready to graduate from what you have, and that's not a strike against you. You did a great job. You equipped these people with what they need to know about whatever your topic is. Maybe it's about health. Maybe it's about exercise. Maybe it's about growing a business or doing social media or building websites or doing graphic design. It could be anything. These people are ready to go on to something advanced. Or maybe you teach or have advanced information or products or services and you've served your audience well and you've served this audience for a while or you've taught people how to do whatever it is that you do. And so what do you need now? Well, you need a new group of people who are ready for more advanced material. So whether you're teaching the basics or whether you're teaching the advanced stuff, the same things apply. People come through, they learn, and then they move on to something else. And it's not that they're not fans of your work, but the need isn't the same as it was in the beginning. Right? We buy books on a certain topic because we want to learn about that topic. But most of the time, unless we're going to teach the material to others again, then we don't continue to buy books on that topic. For example, if you want to start a business for the first time, maybe you buy books on how to start a business. Maybe take a course on it or or listen to some audios about it. But then once you actually start a business, then you're no longer buying books on how to start a business because you're past that. You're looking to the next stage of your business journey. So keep some of these things in mind when you consider your options for the months ahead. The messaging and the headlines that attracted attention for you maybe 12 to 24 months ago may not be the best choice for the months ahead of us in the not-too-distant future. You know, we can look at examples of this in the media, but the same holds true for topics in the business world. People need change. It's not just a matter of wanting it. They need it too. They get tired of the same things over and over and over again, having the same discussions that we had six months ago, a year ago, 24 months ago. And it's not that you have to make a drastic change. It's just a matter of having your finger on the pulse of your marketplace. It's a matter of connecting with other people and seeing where they're at today. Because even though there's a lot of similarities, things do change from month to month and from year to year. I know right now many of my long-term clients, they're busy adjusting their product lines, their service offerings, even menu offerings for the upcoming year. So I just encourage you, if your current business focus isn't holding people's attention, I'm talking about the topics or the subtopics maybe that you create content around or videos around or podcasts even around, maybe it's time to make some adjustments. All right, I think that's about all for today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you think it'll help a friend, please go ahead and share the episode link with them, or you can send them directly to jimgalliano.com forward slash podcast. Back episodes are there as well. Thank you again for listening. Again, have a great rest of your week. Happy Thanksgiving, and I'll talk to you later.